0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select Campus miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love.
4: Executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host Stormy Bonatoni on FSN, the sports betting network. Yeah
2: what's going on everybody hope you're having a great morning early afternoon this is the Lombardi line alongside Mr. Michael Lombardi I'm Stormy Bonantoni and and Michael you can tell very clearly that it's football season at least me personally knowing that every day I've come in here over the last week I've been so caffeinated I've got a little eye twitch going so no close-ups of Stormy today how are you Michael?
5: I am great and why shouldn't you be? I mean, look, we got football tomorrow night. I mean, look, is it how great is that, right? Yep. We have we're on our routine now. We got football Friday. Where are you going this week by the way? Where are they taking you to?
2: I actually got a pretty good one. Uh Minnesota at North Carolina, so we're going to see Drake May on display in Chapel Hill.
5: You're going to Chapel Hill for the first time. Wow. Have you been to Chapel Hill before?
2: Yes, I have. I actually, unfortunately for Drake May, last year when UNC was was rolling and they were cruising late in the season and he was getting a lot of that Heisman talk, that's when I got sent out to Chapel Hill and they proceeded as the number 13 team in the country to get upset by Georgia Tech with an interim head coach. So hopefully I don't bring those kind of vibes for the Tar Heels this week.
5: Yeah. All righty yeah. then. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see what well, happens. Good. Well, but you'll have fun there. I mean, that'll be great. And uh, it'll be uh, a good, uh, a, you know, what, there's no better venue. I don't think people yeah. really understand. We were talking about last night at dinner with the, with Bill Berman and Anissa and her, their daughter is looking at schools. And so, you know, the question always comes up, like where, if you had to do it all over again, where would you go to college? And, I think, you know, North Carolina's campus is really good. Millie's like Stanford. Like that campus is really yeah. good, too, if you've never been there. you Just some of those campuses are just really remarkable. When I was at the, at the Browns in the wintertime, we would, we would go down to Chapel Hill and stay at the, at the Tar Hill Inn right there on oh. campus and scout all the other schools in the area, watch tape at night. It was kind of good.
2: Very cool. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a beautiful campus down there, and you have obviously a, a top tier basketball program, a football program that's on the up and up with Mac Brown. So a lot of. Good reasons to to be out there in the Tar Heel state where we are going to get things rolling though today here on the Lombardi line. Michael is with the NFL because yesterday, of course, we, we broke it down a number of times with the Aaron Rodgers situation. The news we all knew was coming was confirmed yesterday through an MRI that Aaron Rodgers is done for the season, tore his Achilles on just his fourth snap in his Jets debut on Monday night. As it pertains to next steps, though, Diana Rossini of The Athletic tweeting the New York Jets have started to reach out out to veteran free agent quarterbacks which was expected but here's head coach Robert Sala speaking yesterday about how they hope to proceed at the quarterback position
3: but I do want to make it very clear uh Zach's our quarterback um we got a lot of faith in Zach we're really excited about his opportunity um but we're we're rolling with Zach and um and excited for this uh excited for him and like I said this opportunity that he's going to get
2: and that was kind of the thought process immediately following the game as well. That that Zach was going to be the guy moving forward, but still with we, with the phone up and them making phone calls, we're unsure exactly how this is going to play out. What do you think about it, Michael? Well,
5: it's the only it's the only course of action he has, Fem- uh, Stormy. I mean, Femi. I, I know. I, I know.
2: We look super similar. It's okay. It happens.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. Everybody thinks there's some magical player out there that they're going to sign that's going to come in here. I hear Colt McCoy. You know, we hear all these names. I mean, they drafted Zach Wilson, the second pick overall in the draft last year. You know, he played for them. You know, they had a win streak. They won four games when he played for them. They beat Pittsburgh. His comeback against the Steelers. Didn't play great, but he played. You know, they go and beat Miami with Teddy Bridgewater. They win that 40-17. Comes back against Green Bay. They win that game. You know, he only has to throw 18 passes to win that game and then they go out to Denver and they win that game 10 to not 16 to 9. So, I mean, that's what we're looking at. And then then everything kind of hit the fan when they played New England and he had to throw it 41 times. And then, you know, they come back, he beats Buffalo. And then again, they play New England and he tries to throw it and he can't make plays and all of a sudden he gets benched. And I think to me, they have to make they have to redefine their team, right? They have to redefine their football team. They have to say, "Okay, this is what we were with Aaron Rodgers. Throw that out. This is who we are now with mm-hmm. Zach Wilson. We're going to run the ball. We're going to be maybe a more two tight end than we were going to be an 11 personnel. I mean, we're going to try to be physical. We're not, I'm not saying we're going to run it on first and second down throw it on third. We're going to be safe. We're going to see a lot of screens. We're going to see a lot of stuff that Wilson can do where he doesn't hurt the team. By taking sacks, he took 23 sacks mm-hmm. last year. You know, by throwing interceptions, he had seven in the games he played. So we're going to win with our defense We're we're going to win with our special teams and we're not going to lose the game with our offense. I think it's a great alternative. I think people are dismissing this. I think the line is ridiculous in Dallas. I think it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, I know that Rogers was good, but we weren't even sure Rogers was great again. And for this line to move to nine, it just yeah. seems a little strange to me, you know, nine and a half. I, I, look, Dallas played really well, but we don't even know who Dallas is. Dallas is not going to run around on the Jets, I can tell you that.
2: I think that a a lot of that line move, too, was not was like twofold with the Aaron Rodgers drop off to Zach Wilson, but then also with how ferocious that pass rush is and seeing the weaknesses of the offensive line there in game one. But I agree, like the nine seems like maybe we're getting a little bit out of hand here. And I bet you were going to see a lot of public play on the Cowboys in that spot because of the dominant performance that they had week one, even though most of that was a, a lot of the early ways that things played out in that Cowboys-Giants game were largely due to Giants' mistakes. Yeah. And the Cowboys were, were great, don't get me wrong, and they certainly proved to be the class of the NFC here to start the season. But a lot of that was just kind of Giants' self-inflicted issues too.
5: No question. And the Giants, I mean, basically, Salah has the greatest thing he could ever possibly have. He has a video to show his team. You see, guys, if we do what the Giants did, we're going to lose, no mm-hmm. matter how good we are on defense because we're just going to give them points. So we're going to play a different kind of game. We're going to have a dual identity. It may not make you happy, Garrett Wilson. It may not make you happy, Alan Lessard. But we're going to have to do some things to help us win. The W is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And we've got to maintain confidence in the quarterback. Now, I'm nervous about the quarterback because you made a great point yesterday. He did not look like he was ready to play. But they have today, they have tomorrow, they have Friday to get him ready. And this will be a challenge because Quinn changed what he did. Change, Quinn's no longer just a cover three Robert Sala, Pete Carroll guy. He's multiple. He's got odd deep fronts. He's got all different things. So it's going to present a real challenge to the Jets offensive line. And it's going to present a challenge to Zach Wilson. He's going to have to be really prepared mm-hmm. for it. And conversely, you know, that they know each other. I mean the Cowboys have practiced, they know Salah's defense, so they have a kind of a heads up. This is kind of a I don't want to call it an inner squad scrimmage, but this is kind of a game where both teams know each other really well.
2: And I wanna talk a little bit more on the Zach Wilson side of this, Michael, because I don't think after last year, a lot of people genuinely thought that Zach Wilson would still be on this roster. It looked like Mike White was the direction they were going to go. He ends up being the backup now with the Miami Dolphins, and they continue to retain Zach so that he could learn under the tutelage of a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And you expect to get two, three years under Rodgers, see if he can develop and mature, not only as a player on the field, but off the field, all of these different things before he's forced to step in. With Rodgers getting hurt, he's just put in the same cycle that he was in a year ago to where – I'm still, I think a lot of people would agree with this, like are still questioning how and why he was drafted at the position that he was given that his best season in college was during that 2020 COVID season where they were just playing cupcake after cupcake at BYU. Yeah. And I know because I was on the sideline for like five <laughs> or six of the games that he had those, last year. Did you year. get a
5: lot of cupcakes? Did you get I, a lot of cupcakes got, that year?
2: I got Troy. What is I got, your favorite
5: cupcake? What is your favorite cupcake? <laughs> I would
2: say red velvet, probably yeah, number go. one, red velvet. Yeah. Or have you ever had an Oreo cupcake? cake Oreo does not make a bad product by the way if you put no, an Oreo no, on no anything course. it's amazing but Michael yeah,
5: dark chocolate and vanilla because you can't go wrong but okay back kiss. to back to the cupcakes
2: but back to the cupcakes yes because I was on the sideline of a number of those games for BYU in 2020 when they were playing Troy and Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky and UTSA and Texas State the list goes on and on and he looked phenomenal in those games But they won all of them until they actually played a team that was pretty good in Coastal Carolina, and that was the lone game that they lost that season. So that's what I'm saying. The competition that he was playing that year that elevated his trajectory and skyrocketed where he got drafted, I don't think that that's – I don't think that what we saw against those opponents is who Zach Wilson is capable of being in the NFL. And so I just – I have a hard time with expecting him to be the guy for the New York Jets.
5: Right. I don't expect them to be the guy either, but I expect them to be the guy they manage. Yep. Right. I don't, I expect them to, when they're in the third and 12 and Dallas has is, is got their ears bent back and they're going to come after them, let's make sure, you know, a punt's a good play for Zach Wilson now. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. Let's, let, you know, why give them the ball when we can win with our defense and we can play good defense? Let's play field position. Let's be smart with what we're doing. You know, let's run a draw. You know, I know yeah. it's going to cause the analytical community to go crazy. But you got to play winning football. And you know, here's the thing, Stormy. You know who he is. You know he's prone to make mistakes. You know he's prone to take chances. you got to manage the game around him. Now, yeah. it's a different offense, right? So this year it's more of the West Coast. Last year it was more of the McVay system. You know, they're going to get different looks now. They're no longer. They're, the, every coordinator from this moment forward is going to say, we're going to force Zach Wilson to beat us. Yep. And Nathaniel Hackett has to have an answer for that. He's going to get a lot of run blitzes. He's going to get a lot of eight-man fronts. He's going to get a lot of Mm -hmm. things that try to take away Bryce Hall from having a day. They're going Mm -hmm. to play the hell out of the screens. They're going to do everything they can to say, "Okay, Zach, here you go. And what's going to hurt the Jets is if they get behind. That's when Zach's going to have to participate in the game. But if he doesn't and they can keep it close and get the game to the fourth quarter, that's, that's the formula. It's the Giants and Jets now have the same formula. Manage the quarterback, get the game to the fourth quarter, and win it
2: a tough hill to climb when this offseason your entire identity was built around one person whose season ends 3 minutes and 40 seconds into uh. the season. But uh, that is where the the Jets are at right now. Robert Sala says, stop putting an obituary next to our name. There's still a whole lot of runway left for this season in the AFC East. The Jets have gone from plus 270 now to 6-1. to one. Super Bowl, 16-1 to one, to 60-1. To we will be back. Harry Gagnon coming up. We'll get his thoughts on Thursday Night Football and more
0: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip
2: hi checking in for
0: or the perfect table
3: hey where are you coming
0: and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip
4: Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host Stormy Bonatoni on FSN, the sports betting network.
2: Make this football season your best ever by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You get full access to everything we do, including our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand, betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Sign up for a VEASAN annual subscription, and you'll also get a free copy of Lombardi's new book, Football Done Right. Just use the promo code Lombardi when you sign up. And if you'd like an autographed copy as well, Just email us, subscribe at vcin.com. That's how you do it. Again, the promo code is Lombardi. This is a limited time offer, so sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. We're going to talk a little Thursday night football in a moment as Harry Gagnon, former Las Vegas sportsbook supervisor and host of the Against All Odds podcast, joins us. But first, he wants Mm. to give out his pick in cartoon form. Let's do it.
4: Harry here, back for another pick, this time in Philly. And in honor of Rocky, I'm going to run up these iconic steps. Huh? Oh, cheese steaks. I'll take three, please. I'll also take the Eagles tonight, minus seven, over the Vikings. Fly, eagles, fly. That'll be $24, you f***.
3: Yo, Adrian!
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Harry Gagnon joining us on the Lombardi line. The, the production value, my guy. So good. Was oh, that a, a real-life reenactment? I know you're a world traveler. Were you really in Philly? Did that happen?
4: No, you know what? You know, guys, I, that's one city that I really haven't spent too much time in the United States. I've never really been to Philly. That's one city wow. I haven't been there too much. Well, he yeah. Michael, knew enough to get come a on, help steak. him out.
5: He, he knew enough to get a cheesesteak. That, that was pretty true. good. Like, you know, so true, you got to give him true. credit on that. Uh, I, I, Harry, I want to ask you this question, which struck me. This is two weeks in a row now. The Eagles will play a team with offensive linemen hurt for their opponent. But when you watch that tape closely last week, the Eagles have their injuries, too. That game was there for the taking for the Patriots. It was kind of a miss. The box score really didn't give you the true indication of the game. And I wonder how good, and Bradbury could be hurt for, how good do you think this Philadelphia secondary is?
4: I think it's good enough to still get it done overall, Mike. Michael. I, I just think that, you know, we saw Philadelphia take a 16 nothing lead uh, against New England in Foxborough. And then they kind of cruised, uh, uh, you know, didn't play well fan- defensively, gave up some yards that they shouldn't have. I think they just thought they were in control of this game. That's why I think, you know, 16 nothing, they laid low, but they still, still won the game, still covered the game. And I think I'm I'm sure that Jalen Hurts uh, can't wait to get on the field and play much better versus a soft Minnesota defense. Last week versus Tampa Bay, the Minnesota D only hit Baker Mayfield two times all game. I think Hurts is going to scramble more, uh, create more opportunities with his legs. And uh, I think they win this one going away. And by the way, they played last year in week two. and. On a night game, and they won. The Eagles beat Minnesota at home, twenty-four to seven. I think it's deja vu. I think they win something similar like that again. They win this going away, ten to seventeen points.
2: So while you are backing the Eagles, you're also looking at a prop. But on the Minnesota Vikings side of things, Alexander Madison had just thirty-four yards in the Mm -hmm. Week One game against the Bucks. But you think he's going to get fifty plus in this game? How come?
4: No, you know what? I'm going under too. Oh, under. I'm going to go on. Sorry, gonna, I read
2: that wrong. Okay, that makes more sense.
4: <laughs> I hear you. Under 49 and a half at minus 114. You mentioned against Tampa Bay's uh, front five. He averaged just three yards a game last week, had just 34 yards overall. I think the Vikings running game misses Dalvin Cook. Uh, where they were really non-existent last week. Philadelphia had, held Zeke to 29 yards. And Stevenson, who I thought going to have a really good season for the Patriots, he had just 25 yards on 12 carries Vikings. I think fall behind by double digit here. The running game gets scrapped Madison under 49 and a half.
5: You know, I consider this though, Harry, let me place devil's advocate with you. Mm-hmm. Brian Flores is from the same school of Belichick. He watched that tape, you know, and they did a great job of rushing the passer. I mean, I don't think Hertz took plays off. I think they did a really good job. They pressured Lane Lane Johnson. I know he's never given up a sack since uh, pressure since Lincoln was a president, according to Pro Football Focus. But if you watch the tape, he did. And they did a great job there. And so that game plan is going to carry itself over. And Cousins had almost 300 yards passing in the first half against the Bucs defense. That's the strength of the Bucs. So, Look, I'm not making a case. The one thing I would caution you a little bit, fans out there, is Philly lost their green dot player, Dean. You know, he was the guy that called the signals. And then Mm Reed Blankenship, who then became the green dot player, then he had to call it. Now he's injured. So it, it can't be Zach Cunningham. I don't think it's going to be Christian Ellis. So there's going to be some communication issues here. And the one thing I will tell you is Minnesota, if they can block, they'll be able to throw the football.
4: Mike, Michael, you're right. I mean, you look at last week. I mean, it's still shocking to me that they still, I still thought even with all those close games last year, they pulled them all out, that somehow they were going to pull this game still out against Tampa Bay. Hawkinson, Addison, and Jefferson combined for 23 receptions, I think, 23 receptions. And they still somehow lost that game going into Philly here, where Philly did not play good in the second half. I. It's just one of those things, I hear what you're saying. In this, and with Cousins going to be able to pass the ball, I think he might still. But I think he's going to have to do it from uh, two touchdowns down and they don't get the cover.
2: Again, the spread in this one is seven. I have seen some six and a halfs pop total on Thursday Night Football, 49. And we'll uh, preview this game at length tomorrow as well ahead of the game. Here with Harry Gagnon, host of the Against All Odds podcast on the Lombardi line. Let's push it forward to um, some of the Sunday slate. Falcons, Packers, Packers, uh, a slight favorite in this one. I'm seeing one, two points total, 40 and a half. What's your analysis?
4: How about this? I like the over 40 and a half in this, guys. Uh, I love the Atlanta running game. Tyler Algiers last week averaged 5.6 yards a carry. Bijan Robinson looked really good averaging five yards a carry when he got the ball. I like how they didn't just run the ball and throw Robinson into the mix. They let Algiers, who had a couple scores, do his thing first. And then Robinson caught that uh, pass for 11-yard touchdown. He looks fantastic. I can't wait till they start hitting him on the flat. With screen passes, and he goes for 50 yards. He's got so many moves. I love that. And Jordan Love, I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Chicago defense. I thought it got better with the pickups they made in the free agency. They looked awful last week. They made Jordan Love look fantastic. He hit six different Green Bay receivers with at least two receptions on all those. I see this thing going to be like a 28-24 type of game. I think this lands around 50. I love over 40-and-a-half in this game. Uh, On turf, in Atlanta, I think this is a high-scoring affair.
5: How about, you know, we don't know where Kelsey's status is. We'll get an injury report today. Mm -hmm. But you like Jacksonville, even with the return of Chris Jones back in there, to cover this three-point line.
4: Yeah, Michael, interesting. I mean, Jacksonville, you know, last year played Kansas City twice in Arrowhead. Played them very tough. Probably could have, a couple things could have went their way. Could have been a lot closer in that playoff game. I love what, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence has been doing. Uh, Calvin Ridley, fantastic job in his first game back from his suspension of last year. He made a statement last week. Uh, Christian Kirk didn't have a big game. I expect him to have more uh, opportunities here against the Chiefs. And, uh, again, ATN had over 100 yards last week against the Colts. He looked fantastic. Uh, I think this offense is going to be a little bit too much for Kansas City. Kansas City, a lot of drops, a lot of... uh. Uh, question marks last week in their loss to Detroit. Probably could have pulled that out if they had Kelsey uh, and maybe if they had Jones, but they didn't. So they're sitting at 0-1. I can see Andy Reid going 0-2 here. I like Jacksonville getting three. It seems like a low number here, too, since the game's in Kansas City. I think it's a low number here, but I'm going to take the Jags. I think it's a little fishy. I'm going to take the points, and I think they could win this game straight up. Trevor Lawrence is really shining now.
2: And you liked the Lions last week, too. So fading the Chiefs back-to-back weeks, it Mm -hmm. seems. Uh, Last one here. We got about 60 seconds with you, Harry. But the Giants taking on the Arizona Cardinals in Phoenix. Giants obviously got blown out by the Cowboys on Sunday night football. But you're laying the points with them.
4: I am going to lay the points with the Giants. Uh, I know the Cardinals played really tough against Washington. Better than I thought they would. And the Giants laid an egg, obviously, against Dallas. It was an awful display. But the Giants can't be that bad. They can't be that bad. I think they're going to run the ball with Saquon, pound the ball to him, let him to do all the work. I'm going to take the Giants. I think I'm going. I'll be at the game, by the way, guys. I'll be oh. at the game. Um, I just think overall, Daniel Jones shows up too. He gets it done. He he didn't really get a chance to distribute the ball around because they were down so much and it just got away from them. I think the Giants bounce back here on the road. Uh, they're in Th- San Francisco on uh, Thursday. I think they stay out West Coast. I think they win this game and then go into San Fran one-one.
2: His cartoons in Philly, but he's in Phoenix. Awesome stuff, Harry. Thanks, Love buddy. It, Harry.
4: Thank you so much, man. Thanks, Appreciate guys. you, Harry. Talk to Michael. Good luck. See ya.
2: Yeah, we, we talked about a, a few injuries there, and while Aaron Rodgers is certainly the injury news of the year, there were a lot more injuries that came out of last week. We'll break those down when we return, Michael, and get some of your immediate thoughts on the early lines where things sit. We'll be right back. This is the Lombardi Line on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: This is VSIN, the sports betting network. We are a network of sports betting analysts, writers, hosts, and handicappers here to make you a more confident better. We broadcast live from Las Vegas, the sports betting capital of the world, every day to provide you with sports betting insight and analysis you can't find anywhere else. Our shows can be heard live on streaming platforms and radio stations all across the country vsin.com has the latest in sports betting news, betting splits, analysis, and picks. We have over a dozen daily and weekly podcasts to help you as a sports better. If you become a vsin pro subscriber, you'll have access to our 24 7 video stream, betting guides ahead of every season and major event, picks sent to your inbox every morning, and so much more. To learn more, head to vsin.com and see all that vsin
4: this is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on vSEN, the sports betting network.
2: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bond and tony with you as we welcome you back to this wednesday edition of the lombardi line and it's time for lombardi's list over the next half an hour we are going to go through michael lombardi's top five teams in the nfl as well as his bottom five teams in the nfl and see if that can help us shape some opinions of how to wager on these teams moving forward michael do you have a specific system that you go through um to to rank these teams how do you how do you get where you get on these numbers
5: Well, part of it is numerical numbers, which makes my ratings in the month of at least for the first three weeks, a little bit, you know, you're not quite sure about them and you're a little bit uncomfortable uh, because the numerical data hasn't really you don't have enough sample size. Mm -hmm. But once we get into the regular season, you know, then I have then I do have a sample size and I'm able to use what I see in terms of evaluating coaches, the coordinators evaluating the quarterbacks by myself I don't I don't use QBR or any other advanced metric to do the quarterbacks I do them myself just like I do the coaching staffs every week and the coaching matchups I don't do home field advantage I do the coaching matchups against one another which is why I I'm in tune to the Giants and the Arizona game because to me that there that's more important to break down than it is to see who has home field right mm-hmm. Tennessee Chargers more important to watch the game last year than to give a point to Tennessee for playing at home. So I, I always handicap that, the coaching matchups. And then I have my game, what I call game codes, which are the teams that rank in the top top seven areas, the bottom seven areas. Either they get a green dot, they get a red dot, and then how that matches up. So how your team matches up against somebody else. But the power rankings early are by numerical and by feel. So last week, obviously, you know, the good teams are going to be higher in the power rankings.
2: Well, that's that's interesting point, though, that also by feel, because you could the numbers could tell you one thing. And granted, when you get through some of those middle tier teams, it's probably a little bit more fine tuning as you go through them. But specifically, as you are doing this, that you can say, hey, my number in this spot maybe feels a little bit off to what I actually saw on the eye test and you can adjust accordingly. Let's start going right. through this top five and we'll work our way through from five all the way up to one. Who is your number five team in the NFL right now?
5: Well, I think Jackson, I have Jacksonville number five, but what I liked about Jacksonville last week is I think we don't pay enough attention to fourth quarter results, fourth quarter offense, fourth quarter defense. It's where the game is won, And the fourth quarter for Jacksonville last week was their best quarter. They kind of messed around a little bit. They, get, they let the team come back in there. And they were able to win the fourth quarter. They scored 14 points. So I'm always looking at what what it is, fourth quarter offense, fourth quarter defense. And I think that's really important. And so when you do that, it, you, you kind of understand, like, Jacksonville's able to control the ball. They were sixth in time possession in the fourth quarter last week. They did a great job. Rams, how did they win that game? They had eighty-three percent of the of the time of possession in the fourth quarter. Hard to get beat. It's hard to get beat mm-hmm. when you control the ball in the fourth quarter, especially if you have the lead. So, you know, like where for like the Raiders, for example, you know they had the ball fifty percent of the time in the fourth quarter, but they they controlled the game and put the game away. So I, I really think it's important to study the fourth quarter, and that's what I liked about Jacksonville last week. And they were able to get control of the game eventually. Everybody expects games to be blowouts. Well, they're always going to come down to the fourth quarter.
2: Mm-hmm. The That final, by the way, week one for the Jags, 31-21. Trevor Lawrence had 241 yards, two touchdowns. Did have a pick, but a, a great day for him overall in that offense behind Travis Etienne and Calvin Ridley first time we've got to see him back on the football field and was dynamic with an over 100 yard day. Now interesting you have them five because they're going head to head with your number four team this week in a three point spread game the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at three their three point favorite like I mentioned here in Jacksonville total 51 but what put them for for you.
5: Well, I mean, you know, when I put this together, I knew Chris Jones was going to be back. How much can he affect the game? I think he will a lot, especially with Brandon Sheriff. If he doesn't play the right guard for Jacksonville, and I haven't heard Peterson say one way or the other, he kind of made it sound like it wasn't going to happen. But you know, that's going to be a hard—that's going to be a hard injury for Jacksonville, which I think is limited inside too, as well to overcome in the game. So it's something to really keep our eye on. Because if, if he's playing and he's in shape, which I think he is, I think that's really going to make a difference. Because between him lining up on Ben Barch or on Sheriff, it, he's going to win those matchups. So now why I have them fourth, last week they were one. But I'm anxious to see without Kelsey, they be, they're beatable. Mm-hmm. They still have Mahomes. But without Kelsey, they don't have an explosive offense. You know, when you watch their tape, Everybody keeps waiting for Hilaire to come around. And when you study him, he doesn't have great – he doesn't see anything. He runs into the back of Lyman more than any running back I've ever seen. They need more Pacheco out of that. So – and then who's going to take a step up? Is Tony going to be healthy for the whole game? Can he make plays? What about Watson? There's a lot of questions about the Chiefs. And I think to me – I still like them because I don't want to ding them for mm-hmm. how poorly they played. They did hold a very good Detroit team to 14 points. So uh, I, I just rank them fourth. I think they're, they're to be determined, really.
2: And they still have Patrick Mahomes out there on the field and a head coach in Andy Reid. So it's certainly hard to doubt them for a prolonged period of time. Okay, so Jacksonville, Kansas City, for all the talk in the AFC, your top three teams all come from the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles checking in at three.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, Philly was... Philly wasn't dominant on defense. I think if Mac Jones was honest with himself, there's a lot of throws he missed on that tape. You know, had guys open, he missed them. You know, the first interception, I'm not sure what he was trying to accomplish there for the pick six, but there were throws. He made some good throws. The touchdown passes to Bourne were great. But the Eagles' secondary, I mean, if you watch the tape, Boutte, the receiver for for a, for, uh, New England ran past Bradbury. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he gave him some trouble. In fact, if he gets his second foot down on the sideline, that game, they, they might win it. That's on the, you know, that's on the Patriots. They didn't make the plays. I'm worried about Philly's defense because the Patriots, for all the conversation the, the mainstream media is talking about, how great they played, You never heard the word Hassan Riddick the whole day. You never heard the name Josh Schwett the whole day. Cox made some plays in there, and so did, so did, uh, uh, Jalen Carter. But that New England team was really good up front against them. I wouldn't say really good. They were good enough. And Philly's going to have to get better on defense. And now they have Blankenship Hurt. Mm-hmm. And that, I think and Dean goes out. They're, they signed Rashard Evans, the kid who was in Atlanta last year, played all the games in Atlanta, What wanted $4 million, didn't get it. Now he's on the practice squad for Philadelphia. Uh, was a one-time starter in Tennessee. They're going to need to bring him up. Now it's a short week to bring him up. Can he make the calls? No, he doesn't even know the defense. Philly's vulnerable. The other thing that was vulnerable about Philly in the game, and I think Philly's still a good team. They're off and they and this could be because they haven't played a lot this summer. Their offensive line wasn't as sharp as they typically are. Mm-hmm.
2: We're going to see the Eagles first up in week two Thursday night football tomorrow as a six and a half, seven point favorite hosting the Vikings. We can throw the top two teams up on Michael Lombardi's list because, yeah. Michael, you have number one, the Dallas Cowboys and number two, the San Francisco 49ers. What was your deciding factor of who was one, who was two, both teams with dominant opening week wins?
5: Yeah, I mean, it really was in both teams. It's a little bit like, are we sure they are? I think San Francisco played a better team but Pittsburgh didn't look like the better team that day, right? I would have said San Francisco, Dallas. But Dallas was dominant from the from the beginning of the game, and so was San Francisco. Mm-hmm. One thing I like about San Francisco is they played. They went back into a very tough environment and played well. You know, Dallas has gone into New York. They've been dominating this series for a long time. Right. Pittsburgh's not an easy team to open up with, and San Francisco – which had struggled in opening games. I mean, we saw them lose in Chicago last year. We saw them almost give away a big lead in Detroit the year before. They played really well. Kyle had that team ready. And you could see the confidence the team has. I I don't want to, without having to constantly talk about Trey Lance as an organization, I think there's a big cloud lifted off off San Francisco. And they played like with reckless abandon. Both teams to me, you could flip them if you want. I think those Mm -hmm. are my top five this week.
2: I think, but again, I know I'm biased. I probably would have put San Francisco ahead simply for a lot of the reasons you just referenced going into what's a tough hostile environment. It gets a Pittsburgh team that people actually did think was going to perform pretty well in that spot. And they just got dominated throughout. And in the Dallas giants game, I felt like for as good as Dallas was, and they were really, really good showed like a statement win for sure. They, they, have largely dominated that series which is to be expected as you referenced and also just the giants like shooting themselves in the foot time and time again early in that game that really put things away and they were just behind the eight ball and never really had an opportunity to get back into it. Yep. The 49ers, by the way, are also the favorite in the Super Bowl odds right now, supplanting the Kansas City Chiefs plus 650 for them. Chiefs and Eagles at 7-1 to and the Dallas Cowboys 9-1. to We're going to step aside here real quickly, Michael, from our top five to your bottom five teams in the NFL when we return on the Lombardi Line.
4: is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatone, on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games upon us. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one? DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, where new customers can bet $5 right now on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code Vegas to sign up. And you'll get five dollars where you take home two hundred instantly in bonus bets. That's all you got to do. Only on Drafting Sportsbook. Use the code Vegas. The crown is yours. To follow up on what we were just speaking about in the last segment, as it pertains to Survivor, you're making me feel all the feelings about potentially taking a shot on yeah. the New York Football Giants. I think it's well. Let's
5: have a conversation. Okay. Do we? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Caesar. Do we have the Giants' schedule? Can we put that up? I mean, let's look. Like, when would you take them? When else would you take them? You taking them against Washington? You can't take them against Washington. You can't take them against Philly. You're not taking them against them. I mean, if they play Houston, I could see you taking them there, but I don't think they do. That's why you I know. wanted to see their schedule. Miami, like, when would you take Buffalo,
2: them? At, even when they take face the Raiders, it's on the road.
5: I mean the Ra- the trust me I yeah. wouldn't take him against the Raiders they'll be the Raiders are going to beat the Raiders would beat
2: them all of their supposedly easy games would be on the road which you wouldn't What's their easy and I would and, and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't even say quote unquote easy just the lesser competition like I would say I would value their chances against the Raiders more than I would against Miami yeah to so see C- Caesar just in our ear right there maybe the Jets they get the Jets at home at the end of October. Um,
5: that, that would be one, right? Caesar's right. I mean, we'll see where the jets are. The jets might be on their third string quarterback by then. Right.
2: Yeah. That's, your, I mean, they, they, they might Green be playing Tim December. Boyle at that
5: point, And then, then it's an easy, then that's easy. So yeah, maybe hold off to them to see what happens with the jets. But you know, that would be the only time you would play them. You're not playing them in any other game unless there's some other injury that comes up. You're not playing them on Christmas day.
2: But Michael, this also comes back to another topic that we were discussing earlier on with the Dallas Cowboys and how, okay, yeah, they're a big favorite this week uh, in that spot against the Jets, but... They also are going to be playing on Christmas down the line. So are we looking right. at schedules this far in advance? And could we use them later? Or do we just need to use them now? So there's, there's a lot of different things that come into this, which I think is great for our pro tip today for anybody who is watching or listening and is interested or has a survivor pool. You can't get too ahead of yourself sometimes. We, we say this all the time. The name of the game is survive in advance. Don't get caught looking too far ahead, especially like I think that Dallas Cowboys one is a perfect example um, because you look at the those three games that are coming up on Christmas, I mean on Thanksgiving rather, and you're like, oh, but I'm going to want to take them against the Commanders. That seems like the obvious choice there. I'm going to need them. In November, it's still September, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We don't know what we're going to do yet here. So I, yeah. I think I mean, the Giants look, are, a good, are a good thought process. That's one I'm thinking well, about.
5: Well, I think you have to – I mean, I, I think it's a consideration, right? Yeah. I think that they have to throw them in the hat, along with Buffalo. You want to go with the home team. I think that's pretty clear. But like we talked about on on last week, you know, th- we have this notion to go with the home team. We knew eight teams were going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, home teams were 38-39-1 and one against the spread on opening weekend. So we know that's a concern. The thing I think it's interesting too is, is we don't manifest this into all the people that talk about in Survivor. They talk about, well, I'm saving that team. Four plays into the Jets season, Aaron Rodgers is gone.
4: Yeah.
5: What are we saving it for? Yep. If you know a team's going to win, you got to go with it. Yep. You got to go with it. I mean, give Femi credit, and I mean, he he thought Atlanta was going to win. He stood on the edge of that cliff. You know, and, and he won, and now he does. he's never going to use the land again. That's a great call.
2: Yeah, and I, I think th- you, got,
5: you have to do that.
2: I think there's something to the gut aspect of this, too, because we can put so much research and time and effort into planning out our season and doing all these different things. And then your gut tells you one thing, and you're like, no, I'm just going to go ahead and do this instead. And then that ends up being your loser. So, all things to take into account. Beeson Pro Tips available at beeson.com, searchable by sport and by show. If you want tips specifically from Mr. Michael Lombardi, just search the Lombardi line. That's how you do it. We're going to wrap up this last six minutes or so with a little Why Not Wednesday. Michael, I'm going to throw some underdogs this week in the NFL and college football your way and see if the number makes you turn your head and want to say why not? We're going to start with Thursday night football. The Vikings taking on the Eagles. We know some of the, Eagle, the Eagles injury issues on defense. It's been one-way traffic with the spread to the Minnesota Vikings as high as eight and a half. Now they are a six-point underdog in this game with Philly. But it, remember, it is in prime time, and it's prime time cousins here. But does it make you want to say why not when you see that plus 215 staring at you with all the Eagles injuries?
5: Yeah, it does, And but I think th- – I think the way I've rationalized the Eagles as we sit here on Wednesday, and I don't really ever talk about the th- – I mean, I talk about Thursday games. I don't really give out Thursday games when I make picks is because, I, you know, I, I get the it's too early in the week and these injuries really affect it. But I, I kind of in my mind when I was watching the tape, I got the sense that Philly last year when they went into Detroit, they struggled to beat Detroit, who wasn't a good team at that time. And they won. Their offense was much better than it was against New England. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm really chalking it up to they just didn't play enough in the preseason, and that game kind of was against a physical opponent, a big physical defensive front. I think that was a problem, and I, and, I, and I think they'll get better. And with Minnesota losing two starting offensive linemen playing on the road, that makes me lean, as this Lions go into Philly, it makes me lean to take Philly because I think it, it favors Philly because Philly's going to put pressure on Cousins. Now they're going to have a hard time covering Justin Jefferson. They're going to have a hard time covering Addison and Hawkinson, but you know, again, you've got to be able to handle that. So you're going to have a hard time convincing me to take Minnesota. I know Flores will try to do what Belichick did in the game plan to try to rush them the right way, but I don't know if he has enough horses to do that.
2: How about the Los Angeles Rams? Now the history is well-documented, Kyle Shanahan against Sean McVay. It has been very one-sided, largely toward the 49ers. But the Rams looked pretty good themselves this opening week against the Seattle Seahawks when they weren't given a whole lot of shot. Another division matchup this week. They're a a seven-and-a-half-point dog, plus 275 money line. Could Sean McVay's squad do it, maybe? The 49ers riding a little too high off that opening week win?
5: I think think the greatest thing that ever happened to Kyle Shanahan last weekend besides beating the Steelers were the Rams playing really good. I think that was the best thing that could have ever happened for him because now he walks in the team meeting this morning and says, fellas, you know, we, we think the Rams are tanking. We think they're no good. Watch the tape. Look what they did to Seattle. Look what they did to a team that we struggled to beat in the playoff game. Look at the team that we've had to play really hard to beat them. Look what they did. They went up there and they dominated them. So he's got all their attention. Now, last time they played, we know this. The game's going to be a home game for them. I mean, they went there last year in week eight. It was 31-14. to They put 368 yards up on the board, and they held them down to 223. So, and that was coming off a loss to Kansas City. Remember, they got beat by Kansas City badly, and they came back. They gave up 500 yards to Kansas City in that game. They came back and and won it. So I, I think this is one of those where the Lions, you can't convince me to take the Rams, but you can't convince me to take the Niners either.
2: Yeah, if I had to pick a side, I would take the, I would lay the points with San Francisco in this spot. But not a line that I have a lot of interest in. As far as winning and losing the game, I wouldn't want to bet against San Francisco in this spot. So that's no. not a why not for me. It's a no thank you. How about in college <laughs> football this week? We got the Florida Gators taking yeah. on the Tennessee Vols out there in the swamp. It's a six and a half point spread. Tennessee favored in Gainesville. But the Vols have not won in the swamp their past nine tries. Does Florida make you want to say why not? Two to one. No, I
5: don't. I, I don't want, I'm not a big. I'm not. Um, I think Florida is not quite there yet. And It's hard to I bet on Tennessee, Billy Napier. I think Tennessee's pretty good on defense. I think Tennessee gets all this talk about their offense. But I think Tennessee's pretty good on defense, and you'd have a hard time convincing me. Now, the betting public on this game, Florida's not getting a lot of tickets. They're getting a lot of action, though. They, Mm -hmm. They control the money in this game, believe it or not. I know that's hard to believe, but they control the money in this one. They have more money on them than anybody.
2: If you could get a seven, I actually like Florida and taking the points with them in this spot. I'm not sure that they could get the upset. So it does make me crick my head a little. I just couldn't get there from a money line standpoint. But I think at home, a place where they've had so much success against Tennessee, a Tennessee team that, granted, look-ahead spot last week against Austin P, but they were 45-point favorite in that game, and they only won 30-13. to 13. Um, Yeah, they lit up Virginia, but we know that they're really, really bad this year, too. Yeah, Virginia's bad. And Florida, I know they looked – Awful, and when it came to the penalties and the mistakes, Week One. But I think that was kind of like a Murphy's Law game against Utah in a lot of ways. And their defense wasn't that bad. Like the bulk of the the 220 or so yards that they gave up on defense came on that first 70-yard touchdown pass of the game from Utah. So I think that they're better than they looked. It's hard to back Billy Napier. It's hard to back Graham Mertz. I know, but I saw them last week up close and personal, and I think that they're maybe a little bit better than people are giving him credit for. All right, Michael, that's a wrap for us today. I'll see you tomorrow, yeah?
5: Thank you, Stormy. I can't wait. Thank you so much.
2: Can't wait. Thursday night football ahead tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you back here same time, same place.